You are slipping into a distorted dimension. Reality and fantasy are changing places past the event horizon. Bullies are victims, men are women, and abuse is love. You weren't here just yesterday. Reality is still out there. But to find your way back, you have to notice it. And now, the Disaffected Podcast with Joshua Slocum. Welcome to Disaffected. I'm Joshua Slocum, and this is the show where we talk about politics, culture, and relationships through a psychological lens. Now, yeah, I'm going to talk about the slap at the Oscars because everybody else is talking about it, and you know me, I have to follow the crowd. Uh, But first, I want to give you your new drag band name. This week, it is Alopecia Advocates, and the title of your first album is Hairless. Got it? All right, let's go. So I'm sure almost everybody listening to this knows what this is about, but for those who do not, at the Oscars on Sunday night, host and MC comedian Chris Rock told a joke, a very mild joke, about actor Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett Smith. The joke was, Chris Rock said he couldn't wait to see Jada in G.I. Jane 2. That was a reference to the 1992 movie G.I. Jane starring Demi Moore. And the thing that everybody remembers about G.I. Jane is that she shaved her head. Demi Moore was considered at the time a great beauty. And people thought it was a real commitment to the craft that she would be bold enough to, to shave her head. And... Chris Rock made the joke because Jada Pinkett Smith was sitting there next to Will and she has a bald head. Now, people are saying that she has alopecia, which is interesting. She may, she may, but a couple of things about that. Number one, alopecia, just that word by itself, that's not an illness or a disease. It is simply the technical term for bald. So men who are bald, quote, have alopecia, end quote. (laughs) Why did I just say end quote? (laughs) But you don't hear that, right? We just say men are bald. Um, Yes, I understand that there are some kinds of hair loss that are from autoimmune disorders or from medication or that come from something else. Yes, I get you. You can tell I've already been, quote, corrected several times. The reason why I say Jada Pinkett Smith allegedly has alopecia is because if you look at some of the photographs of her, it looks as though she has merely shaved her head down to, you know, a sixteenth of an inch. I could be wrong. I could be not seeing the photographs that actually show it. I, I get it. I get it, okay? But it doesn't look like alopecia to me. It doesn't look patchy. It looks like somebody who's just um, just shaved her head down. So anyway, Chris Rock makes this joke. And it's a very tame joke, especially at an event where 
you know that celebrities and famous people are going to be getting roasted by other celebrities and famous people. So he makes the joke and he continues on with his routine and Will Smith gets up out of his seat and starts walking up the catwalk to the stage. And he's he's um he's swaggering. He's being macho. I'm going to go defend my woman, right? So he walks up to Chris Rock and in the middle of Chris speaking, Will Smith open hand slaps him what appears to be quite hard across the face and then walks back to his seat and Chris Rock is fumbling for his words uh, trying to figure out how to make the show go on which he does got to give him credit for that and I don't know if this was bleeped out or if the microphone wasn't picking it up for broadcast but when Will Smith sat back down in his seat he said the same thing twice and he said um take my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. Except he didn't say that. He was like, take my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. He blacked it up. Yet why am I pointing this out? (laughs) Because I find it interesting to listen to somebody who doesn't have that kind of accent normally every day, but when he gets angry and wants to defend his woman... That's what he reaches for. So this this happened, and everybody has an opinion about it. So I'll tell you what my opinion is. I Hopefully I can talk about this in a way that is not, you know, the way everybody else is talking about it. There are a few things that I noticed that I want to pull out. First of all, my opinion, it is subject to change, but my opinion is that this was not staged. It was not a hoax. It looked genuine to me. I'm not going to go into all the reasons why it looked that way. I'm not going to have a debate about whether it was staged or not. Maybe it was. But for the purpose of this conversation, my assumption is that it was not staged. It was interesting to watch this because as soon as Chris Rock told that joke, the G.I. Jane joke, Will Smith just naturally laughed. But you could see the look on his wife's face. It was not a smile, and it was not laughing. She gave him the look. And all of a sudden, his behavior changed. All of a sudden, it wasn't funny anymore. All of a sudden, he's he's angry. And <laughs> here's what I think is going on. I don't think that... Well, actually, let me give you a little bit more. So... After this happens, I don't know how long after, but after this happens, Will Smith won the Academy Award for Best Actor in the movie he made last year, uh, where he portrayed the father of tennis legends, Venus and Serena Williams. And during his acceptance speech, he cried and and talked about his mission from God and how he's going to be a river to people and how he's about protecting family. Maudlin self-pitying and self-glorifying speech afterwards. What I think happened, well, first of all, it seems from all indicators that this family, the Smith family, is living an extraordinarily dysfunctional life. First of all, at least one of their two kids is allegedly trans. That's a big red flag right there. Number two, apparently 
Will Smith has said this publicly, and apparently his wife Jada has bragged about this publicly. They apparently have an open relationship. And apparently, Jada likes this a lot and likes to sleep with a lot of strange men. And Will Smith has, I mean, first of all, they can have an open relationship, right? If they're into that, that's that's their business. I wish to hell they'd keep it their business, just like I wish that all of these famous people and, and frankly, non-famous people would keep their private lives and their sex lives their own business. I resent the fact that I know about the sex lives of these people. It, it's just, it's disgusting. We have no boundaries anymore about what's acceptable to talk about in public. They can have this kind of marriage if they want, but I don't think Will is as happy with it as he's been telling people. I think, quite understandably, his pride and his sense of masculinity is extremely threatened by this. I don't know these people, obviously, but watching Jada, looking at her, listening to her, this woman strikes me as a vicious narcissist, as an abusive and controlling person. Sort of in the way that Meghan Markle strikes me that way, in her relationship with her husband, Prince Harry. I think Jada wears the pants in that family, and I think Will has been trying to suck it up. Um, I, I think he's. I think it's ridiculous. I mean, I th if I'm right about this, his behavior is as pathetic as hers is evil. If he's simply just taking this and internalizing the shame and the embarrassment and the sense of inadequacy, which it appears that he is doing, the only person who can extract himself from that situation is Will Smith. And I think what happened there on the stage, there's no excuse for this. Um, it was a violent assault. Obviously, it didn't leave Chris Rock with a black eye or anything like that, but it doesn't make it okay. I think that's the result of what happens when you live in a situation like that and you lie to yourself and you lie to other people that you're okay with it. I never hauled off and hit anybody, but when but I was extremely reactive in the days when I was still associating with my mother, when anyone would criticize my mother or make any suggestion that her behavior wasn't perfectly appropriate, I was very reactive, very defensive. I was going to defend her honor. And I, I said some stupid and shitty things as a result of that to my friends. I defended my brazenly insane mother multiple times to friends of mine who were gently trying to get me to see that she was abusive, that she'd always been abusive, that ever since they'd known me, my mother had been taking advantage of me. That anger has to go somewhere. And if I'm right about the dynamics in that family, I think that's what happened on that stage. This is what living in cluster B does to people. This is what dysfunction, psychological dysfunction that is tolerated and even encouraged does to people. It's not a surprise that it's happening in Hollywood. Hollywood is a town full of absolutely broken people. Normal people don't go to Hollywood. And what do I mean by normal people? I mean people who are not burdened by unresolved trauma and inadequacy, child abuse, drug abuse. The kinds of people who need or believe they need the adulation and the recognition that comes with being that level of famous 
are trying to fill a hole inside themselves that cannot be filled by clapping and it cannot be filled by fame. They are trying to fill a hole that can only be filled by, and I'm sorry that this sounds so, uh, what's the word for it? It sounds so Oprah Winfrey, so pop psychology, and I don't mean it to because I think this stuff is actually true. It can only be fixed by candidly confronting the actual fears and anxieties that you have, where they came from, what brought you there, what was the character of the people in your life that brought you there, who are they really, and who are you really? What did this do to you, and what kind of person did you become because of this? It's it's very difficult work. I've said many times before that 2016, the year that it all fell apart and that I had to confront my mother, was the worst year of my life. And the hardest thing I have ever had to do was accept the reality that my mother did not love her children. She didn't love me. She may never have loved me because she appears to be incapable, fundamentally incapable. I don't think she understands what love is. And a lot of the time, I don't think I understand it either, (laughs) or I've understood it very, very imperfectly. But people like this are simply not capable of loving other people because they don't have the same psychological relationship to other people that normal range people do, people without personality disorders, people who are not uh, afflicted with severe and unresolved trauma. Cluster B people, narcissistic people of this type, have a problem with theory of mind. Theory of mind, if you haven't heard that term, uh, means a person's ability to understand that other people around them are fully self-conscious individuals with feelings and interests just like you, the observer, are. And I know this sounds, it might sound a little strange or hard to believe because you could say, well, everybody understands that other people are actually people. No, no, actually they don't. They really don't. As strange as it sounds. They get along in the world acting as as though they understand that, but their actions tell on them. They don't see other people as having full feelings that can be hurt and that need attention the way their own feelings do. They only really see themselves as, as full people. And it's ironic, of course, because they are the ones who are not full people. They have a broken personality. They have parts of themselves that are that are missing. Um, and one other thing I want to say about that before I take a break here, it's been just as interesting to me to watch the reaction of people and the commentary of people about this incident, because there's, there's variety of reactions. A lot of people are convinced that it was fake. Um, but I've noticed many people who are, uh, culturally conservative. This is about men. Men have been having this reaction. Conservative men, some of them have been saying, Well, finally, here's a return to traditional values. You don't insult a man's wife and get to walk away with it. I understand where they're coming from. But what I think is going on is that these men are inappropriately channeling what are legitimate frustrations that they are right about, but they are inappropriately channeling them through this situation and saying this is the answer to the situation. These men if they're thinking what I believe they're thinking, 
are correct that we have lost all sorts of traditional values. We've lost dignity, self-respect, the concept of private and public, the concept of uh, not being excessively selfish and allowing other people to have their interests flourish as well. Uh, and regardless of, of how you feel about this, they are also correct that we have lost all traditional sex roles. Whether you think traditional sex roles are wholly bad or wholly good or somewhere in between is really immaterial. We have lost them. And so from their point of view, I think these men are saying, here's an example of a man who understands that his family is important and isn't going to let somebody take advantage of his wife. Well, fine, but really? This was not a display by Will Smith of traditional masculinity. It was a display of weakness and being able to be triggered. And I'm not even trying to, be, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not going to make excuses for Will Smith um, at all. But as I've said before, it, explanations are not excuses. And I think there is a logical explanation for the emotional state that Will Smith finds himself in and that resulted in this. But, but I would say to people who are saying, you know, yeah, yeah, defend your wife, not in this situation. This was a very mild joke. This was not actually, and in context, it was no insult. Jada Pinkett Smith, I think, is an absolute gorgon. She's also beautiful um, and charismatic, as many such people are. Um, I don't believe for a second that she was actually as hurt as she seemed to affect to her husband. I think she saw this as an opportunity to make him step and fetch for her. Yeah, I said step and fetch. Let's take a break. I'll see you on the other side. Kevin and Josh work themselves to the bone to bring you dark and disturbing content every week. There are starving listeners overseas who get no podcasts at all. Show appropriate gratitude today by making a donation at patreon.com forward slash disaffected or at subscribestar.com forward slash disaffected. Do it for mother. Welcome back. A little bit more on the Will Smith shit because all the the bullshit is is coming to the fore. So now, the reason why I told you at the beginning of the show that your new drag band name was Alopecia Advocates is because I saw this headline from the Los Angeles Times. Oh, and I'm sorry. If you can hear my stomach growling, you are actually hearing my stomach growling. I haven't eaten in a while. And I have this delicious dinner I have planned. Sorry about that, but you'll just have to put up with it. So this this headline from the LA Times, it says, Jada Pinkett Smith has been vocal about her hair loss and struggles with alopecia. Struggles. Struggles. Do you see how she's a victim? Do you see how it's an illness? It's not that she's bald. Let's let's just assume, let's assume that she does have a hair loss problem, which I'm not convinced about. But let's assume she does. Notice how differently we talk about this when it comes to men and women. Men are just bald. It's just a, for most men, some degree of baldness is a normal thing that's going to happen to them at some point in their lives, except for me. <laughs> I hope it doesn't because yes, I am brittle and vain about my hair and insecure about the thought of losing it. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if I did? <laughs> 
But we talk about this. So men are just bald, but women have an illness. She has the condition alopecia. I've even seen people start to hint that it might be a disability. Now, you can say, well, it's harder for women. Is it? Why? Well, because women are more valued for their looks in general than men are. That's a reasonable thing to point out. But this, because everybody is a victim now, but women today are especially victims, and they are especially victims when they're behaving badly. (laughs) Everything has to be talked about like women aren't adult women, but they're just little girls. They're little girls that somebody did a hurt to. You can't talk about that because it's really painful for their self-esteem when they lose their hair. I mean, I can deal with a little bit of this, but everything is laid on so thick in 2022. It's clear to me that this is going to be about creating a new class of victims, sufferers of the disability alopecia. Well, if you don't like your drag band name and you just want a regular uh, drag name, this week you have a choice. Now, you'll remember, uh, drag names are assigned. This isn't a request, it's a command. So generally, you don't get to decide whether you have a drag name. This is an assignment that I make to you. But I am giving you a choice this week. Uh, You have two, well, yeah, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll relax the rules just a little bit. You have two genders to choose from. You can be Lady Alapisha, or you can be Sir Alopisha. (laughs) let's stay on the topic of mental health anyway because that's what this show is about (laughs) i was thinking about something you see this a lot you hear it a lot people say we need better mental health care and better mental health care funding in the united states you hear it constantly And I agree to some degree with that as somebody who has had mental health problems and has benefited from mental health treatment, both psychotherapy and antidepressant drugs. I recognize that there are a lot of people out there who are not getting the treatment they need. But what bothers me about this, this sentiment, and and I'm not actually blaming anybody who says it because I've said it many times myself, so I do understand how our minds get to that place. But it, it has stopped occurring to us to say, we need to remove the conditions that are driving so many of us mad. We don't even say it anymore. We just say we need better mental health care funding. What about not needing so much mental health care. We may need it, but frankly, what's on offer is only going to make most people sicker. I talk about my relationship with my therapist, and I am so, so lucky to have him because he is old school. He is not woke. He is well-educated. He's no nonsense. If, If every therapist had some of the qualities that my therapist had, I'd feel a lot better about saying we need better mental health care. But my, well, this is one of the reasons I like him. My therapist, and he said it, it had to be just a month ago, he said, 
you know, the goal for, for a practitioner like me should be to put myself out of business. You shouldn't need me. That's right. The goal should be, we shouldn't need to see a shrink. Now, you grow up in a house like mine, as many of you listening have, and you're going to need a shrink, <laughs> okay? You just are going to need a shrink. Or or the equivalent. You're, you're going to need some, for some people it's religion, for some people it's, it's psychotherapy, for some people it's something else, but you're going to need some help. But what about, what about changing the base conditions? And it's not easy. I think I know part of why people don't even talk about that anymore because they don't know where to begin. Where do we begin? <clears throat> Pardon me. What, what are those material conditions that we need to change? They're legion. They're, they're, they're everything. <laughs> they seem like everything. Parenting is terrible. The values that modern parents believe make them a good parent, even, even the well-meaning ones, are terrible values. Children are either coddled or neglected. And the coddling or neglect can result in the same thing. You can, <clears throat> pardon me, you can make a narcissist through coddling and uh, excessive praise and adulation just as easily as you can make a narcissist and an unstable person without a, a core sense of self by beating them, screaming at them, gaslighting them, whatever it is. We need to change parenting, but how do we change parenting? Well, we've got a system where it's no longer possible for a single income earner to provide for a family. You know, in the 1950s, there were a lot of people where dad's job could afford them a house, a reasonably recent car, and a vacation once a year. And the kids could have clothes and they could they could save for the college fund. That middle-class existence hasn't hasn't existed for a long time. Uh, in order to, to a great degree, in order to raise a family, you need two incomes. But even that, even that, isn't always the case. Our standards of what a good life is are completely out of whack. That 1950s family that I'm thinking of, and I'm, I mean, you can just picture them in your head. You know, you know that picture in McCall's magazine or 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 whatever. You know, the the children romping on the front lawn in neat clothes, the wife with a smile on her face, dad's getting out of the car with his trilby on. Um, and everybody's going to go in and have supper. And of course it's idealized. And of course not everybody's life was like that. And of course not everybody liked that life. But you know what a lot of people did because it's a good life. It was a life of luxury. You had a private car, all your own. You had a refrigerator. You had a television set. You had a modern stove. You had a telephone. You had electric lighting. You've got hot and cold running water. More people were getting air conditioning. That's not good enough for us anymore. We have to have all those things, but also everybody in the house has to have a car. Mom and dad need their separate cars. We need to buy one for the kids too. We have to have vacations, but we also have to have enrichment activities and we have to pay for piano lessons and dance lessons and lacrosse and scouts and all these other blah, 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 blah. And we have to have the latest electronic gadgets. They have to be this generation. They can't be the last one. Our, I, well, I mean, look at us. Have you heard the phrase starter home? If you're an American, you probably have. 
What in screaming hell is that? Stop for a minute and just contemplate that phrase. Starter home. The fuck do you mean starter home? <laughs> Nobody had this expectation a couple of generations ago. Well, we'll start out, but as our family gets bigger, we'll need a more luxurious palace. Oh, I know. I know there's some objection out there, right? Well, no, 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 we need it because um, because we don't have enough space. Well, a lot of the people who say that think that things that used to be normal in family life are now abusive or a form of neglect, like children sharing a bedroom. Well, we need this space because if we didn't, then Johnny and Stephen would have to share a bedroom. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with Johnny and Stephen sharing a bedroom? This was normal when I was growing up. Normal. I shared a bedroom with my siblings for a time. Yes, there is a time when, when, as they get older, especially opposite-sex children, they're going to need some privacy. I get that and I understand it. But starter home? It, it's just, look at the expectations. Just, I mean, when I, I bought my first house, the house that I'm in right now, this is the only house I, I own that I've lived in. I, you know, I've got that second house because I, you know, my mother and all that nonsense. But I bought my my house in 2009 and I thought to my, I thought, wow, I actually own a house. Now, of course I don't, the bank owns it. <laughs> but for, for modern American values of I own a house, I owned a house. Why isn't that enough? It's a small house. It's old, it's 150 years old. It, it constantly needs work, yeah but it's mine. It's all I need. I don't need a mansion. And I don't think families need mansions either. But but we don't think about this stuff anymore. Um, our expectations are just <sighs> completely out of whack. I was going to get going on something else, but I think I'll save it for the next uh, episode of the show because we're coming up on a half hour here. Uh, thanks for joining me. I'll see you again in a couple days. Don't forget to tune in to our show on Sunday nights, the TV show that we do. It comes out at 9 Eastern every Sunday. And this one coming up, we're going to have a really good time because I just saw a video of one of the most classic narcissistic interactions um, that is going to allow me to take you step by step through the manipulation techniques that the narcissist is using, narcissist and his spouse on an airplane, it could not be more perfect. So definitely please tune in this Sunday. And remember, if you're listening to this on audio, please hit the subscribe button. Every person who does that changes the algorithm a little bit for us, makes it a little more likely that a computer is going to advertise our show or put it in front of someone. Thanks folks, see you in a few days. Well. Hello, listener. It's Mommy again. You're quite welcome for the fine program. Why don't you show some gratitude? Send Mommy some money on Patreon. Patreon.com slash disaffected. Or subscribestar.com slash disaffected. You wouldn't want Mommy to starve, would you? And if you don't love your dear mother, you're not invited to find us on YouTube, Rumble, or Odyssey for our hottest weekly content. I guess this is goodbye forever.